The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, right outside Palm Springs, California. Boy, I got to tell you, it's beautiful out here after all the wet rain and the flowers are blooming. I've never seen the desert so green and it is a fantastic experience. I have a really, really terrific show and it's all about intuition or rather developing the intuition you know right now with everything going on and you don't know who to trust what is being said to you the media anything you don't know if it's true or not so what do you do well you start developing the divine power that you were born with which is to accelerate your intuition because once you develop this then you know instinctively what's true and what's not who do you believe who do you not believe which way to go or which way not to go it's so important right now that we can use it in every aspect of our life we can use it for our business we can use it for our relationships we can use it for our clients we can use it for really anything because we are listening to this divine source on which way to proceed now does this mean that we won't ever experience pain or anger well no because we're still human but it gives us the edge to finally let go and let god in other words we can surrender and this is the important thing to realize right now in this year 2017 we have got to develop our own connection to the energy that is all around us we've got to understand and we've got to listen and feel and that's why tonight's show is so so very important we have got uh, Marsha K Farias who is uh, a person who's actually been a medium all of her life but until she started understanding and learning and taking workshops she really didn't know how to tune it in properly so that she could actually help people it's so so powerful uh, information she wrote a book called everyday medium and i read it the exercises that she gives in order for you to develop your own psychic abilities is so logical it makes so much sense and she's very very graphic about it in her book her teacher was the famous james von prague and again i think it's information that we must know about right now we are being driven to explore this side of ourselves now is the time not next year not 10 years from now right now because we need to have these tools that basically we've been told to ignore all of our lives so stay tuned because this is a great show tonight you are going to love it let's take a fast fast commercial break and we'll be right back with marcia k ferraris It's here, it's hot, and it's a must-read. It's the science behind The Law of Attraction magazine. 
Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite law of attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Well, welcome, Marsha Kay, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm so delighted to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Where are you at right now? What's your location? Oh, I'm actually in Houston, Texas. Oh, wonderful. Oh, right. And I read that you were um, part of the spiritual community in Houston. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, ma'am. Wow. What's the name of the group? The Well, here at the Healing Center, I have a center here in Houston, and okay. so um, that is where we meet, and that's where we have development groups. So if you're looking to discover who you are as a spiritual being and hone that, your intuition and your psychic abilities and mediumship, that's what we do. Wow. Wonderful. Okay. So you wrote the book, Everyday Medium, and I found it very, very powerful. Because a lot of people today do not realize that intuition can be developed if you practice it and if you know how to connect with it. And I think that's why it's so important to talk to you today. That everybody has the power. We were born with it. But some are able to develop it and some aren't. So... Do you think, let's start off right from the beginning, do you think that the reason why we don't develop our intuition is based in fear? When I talk to the clients that come to me, a lot of it is in fear. Um, This book was specifically written because they have, are having experiences that they can't explain. And they don't know what to do with it and they are afraid. And part of, I think, the fear comes through lack of knowledge of who you are and then lack of experience of how your spiritual body operates. And that's what my book is all about. I want you to understand who you are as a spiritual being, how it operates. So when something happens, you're confident, you're secure, you feel safe. (laughs) Because a lot of times you have something happen and you're totally knocked off guard and you don't feel secure and safe anymore. And I want you to feel safe. I want you to understand who you are as a spiritual being. Know it's normal. You're not going crazy. You're not nuts. You are an everyday medium. Okay, so what you are teaching people then in finding their intuition that they can be a medium, they can see people in who have transitioned, or they can go into the other aspects of intuition. So you're covering the gamut, right? Yes. First of all, I want people to understand that just like you have physical anatomy and you have senses, you have a spiritual anatomy and senses. And so when you understand how your spiritual senses operate, you understand how as an energy body, it's your your electricity, actually. And when you understand how electricity works, just like on the battery in your car, you'll understand how energy flows through your system. So when you have disruptions and you have, um, you don't, you don't know how to correct them. But most importantly, I want people to understand how their spiritual anatomy works. Most of the time you go through life and you learn by trial and error about your physical anatomy. When you get sick, you learn how it works. If you fall down and break something, you learn how it works. But a lot of us don't understand how our spiritual anatomy anatomy works. And I want you to understand how that operates so you're not confused when you have certain experiences. For instance, we're able to communicate through emotion. And it's just like an animal can sense emotion, so can we. But I want you to learn to trust that. So you can actually feel someone else's emotion, but you may be confused and think it's your own. Right. And if you think it's your own, then you're not you're going to be reactive. You're not going to properly know how to respond to someone. I did a reading the other day with someone and the grandmother came into my space and she let I felt nauseated. I literally wanted to throw up. Really? I could feel that because what the significant memory that her granddaughter had was the last time she ever saw her was that she went and gave her grandmother a seven up because she was nauseated. So I could feel it as if it was my own. And we do that in our everyday life, especially with people we're close to, our children, our spouses. We can feel what they're feeling. And when you think it's yours, you're extremely confused. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how do you differentiate? How do you come bring it into focus that it's you're picking up on something versus it being yours? That's where the development comes in. And in my book, Everyday Medium, I give tools and exercises where you can sit on a daily basis and there's one that I call a present moment exercise and you can do it in while you're active Um, there are exercises called a circulation exercise that you can do when you're not active so you can practice but I want you to learn to sit and actually feel and sense what your emotion feels like your energy body is a home it's a house just like you live in your physical home and you feel a certain way you have an emotional fingerprint just like you have a physical fingerprint and when you spend the time practicing and sitting you'll know what your energy feels like and what your emotion feels like and it takes practice so that when someone else comes near you and then all of a sudden you're feeling cranky you're feeling anxious you're upset and you're like what in the world just happened to me I was fine five minutes ago I want you to know what you feel like so that you will recognize that this isn't mine it's the guy that just came in you know like um, we run an automotive repair facility and I have so many people come in at different times so I have an opportunity to practice (laughs) so and a lot of times they come in and they're upset you know because their car's broken down and or we get into discussions when you get into a heightened discussion with somebody and you're staying calm you can actually feel their distress But when you think it's yours, you're increasing it because you're not sure what to do. But when you learn that it's theirs and you can stay calm by doing this present moment exercise that's in my book, and it starts with, again, practicing with your breathing, and you recognize, well, that's their concern. That's their mistrust. That's their fear. And when I recognize that, I can stay calm in the moment instead of being reactive and thinking that anxiety is mine when it's not. That is so interesting. And it takes practice. It's not something that happens overnight, especially if you're someone like I was that went through traumatic events as a child. And when somebody would get angry and just raise their voice, I would totally just be terrified and scared. And so you actually begin to be reactive to people out of fear instead of being calm. And I want people to learn how to be calm and respond and be in control of the situation and know that they're not in danger because danger everyone can recognize danger means you're physically going to be harmed versus an imagined helplessness and you can learn to do that in that moment and you can learn when you can differentiate emotion how to better help other people who are upset Wow, and the secret to that is to know your own emotions. Get quiet and fully engage into your own emotions so that you can understand somebody else coming that's not yours. That makes so much sense. I love that. And there's great exercises in my book, Everyday Medium, that you can do at home to begin to develop on your own. I was reading somewhere, I think it was on your website, where you were being taught how to connect the um, intuition from other people and you were with you were put with a man who who was telling you and how you were experiencing everything and the word surrender came up he said surrender to you I could you tell that story I thought it was brilliant I would love to tell that story actually one of the I've been hearing and listening to spirit for for many years, and I have an incredible story, which I don't want to tell that full story. I'll get into the surrender part, but when I was healed instantly from suicidal depression at the age of 17, and I went what felt like an instant from feeling death to feeling life, and so I had my own experiences, and then after that, when I would sit just to feel life, just to feel the amazing feeling of it, I heard inside my head, follow me, listen to me, and trust me. And I was just floored. So it began my journey. That was the major event. But when my daughter began to experience depression, when she had three or four of her friends actually commit suicide, and she was struggling in her high school years, and I was so terrified, Jewel, that I was going to lose her. 
you know, I've had my own experiences. I'm hearing spirit talk to me. I can talk to people who've crossed over. But when you go through an experience of someone you love so much that you want desperately to help and everything you're doing is not working, um, and you're just in this place of desperation, I hear time and time again that people go to see mediums. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did that. I went to see a very well-known medium, and I wanted him to tell me that even though if she passed away, if she killed herself, basically, that she was going to be okay. I wanted to hear him tell me that so that I could be okay. Could you tell and us who that was? That was James Van Prague. Okay, thank you. James Van Prague. And so I went to see him, and I thought he was going to talk. He was just going to tell me that, right? Yeah. <laughs> She'll be okay. I'm just from his experience. Well, no, he threw me into a into the fire, basically, into a workshop where um, I needed to do a reading. And so I didn't know what in the world I was doing. And I've been talking to spirit, you know, my spirit guides and angels. I'm used to that. That was my safe zone, right? Um, And so I sat there. And as soon as he did the exercise to open up, because he wanted us to open up to feel the emotion of others around us. That's how we can sense that a spirit is coming into our space. That's not us. And as soon as he did that, I felt that heat in my chest from anxiety, from yeah. like uh, fear, and I wanted to panic. My heart started to race. Oh my gosh, you know how you just start to sweat under your arms and and I wanted to leave. I wanted to get up and go. I I was in this desperation. I wanted to die. But then I'm like, but no I don't. I'm here because I want to be here. Why am I feeling this? And I was in tears at this point. And so James comes up to me, and he looks at me, and I knew he knew what was going on just by the look on his face, but he says, surrender. I look at him like he's out of his mind. I mean, who wants to surrender to feeling like this, you know? And he said to me, surrender and only bring through the person your partner wants to talk to because we were teamed up to bring through who they wanted to talk to. And I I didn't understand at all what he was saying, but I totally trusted him because I could tell he knew that the emotion I was picking up was not my own. So he switched partners, and I sat down with a young man who at the time I had no idea was 13 years old. You know how some young men are really tall? I had no idea he was that young. And he said, I want to talk to my grandmother, and her name is Gloria. As soon as he said her name, I saw the number 34 in my mind's eye. And then I heard, I miss you too. And then I could see her getting on his school bus with him. I could see her standing on the bus. I could see her at school standing behind him, doing his classwork and watching him. And so I'm sitting here going, oh my goodness, am I going crazy? Am I imagining this? And, and this is a young man. I've got to be so careful what I say. And so I immediately just said, does the number 34 mean anything to you? He didn't even say anything out loud. He just looks at me and shook his head yes. And I said, okay, you know, I hear I miss you too. And I told him what I saw. And he just, tears started to roll down his eyes. And he says, my school bus number's 34. And I tell my grandmother I miss her all the time. And I was just bawling because there's no way I could have known that. He's bawling. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, my gosh, I went from feeling this emotion that I felt to this reading. And then we took a break and went to lunch. And I grabbed my phone. And at the exact moment that we had opened up, my daughter was calling with a severe meltdown and breakdown. And I knew that I was actually feeling my daughter's emotion. I was was connected to my daughter. I felt her emotion. And that moment changed my life. From that reading to recognizing that I could feel my own daughter's emotion as if it was my own. And I realized that if I could feel it and open up, then I could also close it down and not feel it. That I could actually be in control of my space because that's what James said. He says, you are in control of your space. And I learned something so valuable because I walked around being this sponge of picking up everyone else's emotion, whether they were happy or sad or whatever it was. And I've discovered that I could control that and it opened up new doors for me wow wow that is brilliant so tell us go on with your daughter 
because I think I wanted to find out what happened to your daughter. My daughter still struggles with depression. She still it's a it's a huge challenge for her even still to this day. But the difference that f- came from me in, in my ability to help her was not having the guilt as a mom. Uh-huh. Because as a mom, I wanted so much to help her. I wanted to love her. I wanted my love to be enough. And it's so important for us to understand that each one of us has to do the work within us to learn how to change our mindset, to do the work within us to heal. And it takes work, conscious effort. It takes that. It's not something I can give to her. It's something she has to do for herself. And she is working through that. And she is doing it. And the other thing that I think is so important is sometimes we want people who are going through depression to move quickly, to get over it, for it to be over, because it's uncomfortable for us. It's difficult for us. But people who are going through a mental crisis, through that, it's so important to be gentle with yourself, to take small steps to do what makes you feel better in small steps. And when you have panic attacks like my daughter um, deals with, the coping mechanism, the present moment exercise in my book, Everyday Medium, is powerful because you have it's a breathing exercise that brings you into what's actually happening. So if we're sitting here together with you, Jules, I would just begin to focus on my breathing and be aware of the way I'm sitting in the chair, of just how I feel in my body, what I'm saying. And when you're focusing on what you're doing, you're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking of things that might happen. Because fear and panic, when you have that, you have physical symptoms that begin to happen as well. And if you can begin to train your mind to not allow those physical symptoms to trigger and take over that is when you begin to learn to manage those events that are happening and it takes time and training and so she works really hard with her breathing exercises um, and we'll get on the phone together and we'll do them in the middle of the day if she's going through a struggle at work if something is triggering it and so she's working really hard to develop those coping mechanisms for her that work uh, do you think um, that she may be picking up other energies and that's what's attributing it just like you, like everybody does? Do you think that's it? It's absolutely part of it. And depending on when you're ready to understand that is when you can create bigger change. But it's absolutely part of it because she has a very difficult time being in crowds and being in large groups of people because she doesn't know how to control whether or not you pick up someone else's energy for instance in my book I talk about your energy body like your house and in your house you have a front door when somebody comes to knock on your front door you don't have to open it Mm-hmm. And that's the way energy communication is. When you come into a crowd of people or around somebody, I want you to imagine your energy body like a snail, like the antennas on a snail. You know how when you can touch the antenna, it'll kind of shrink back? Right. I want you to realize there's energy all around you. If your door, your front door is wide open, you're going to let it all come in and you're going to experience everybody's energy like it's yours and you're going to be overwhelmed. It's too much energy. That's why people in any crowd, you'll notice more people have panic attacks when they go into big crowds. I want you to understand and become aware that you can intentionally close your door. And just because you're walking through a crowd doesn't mean you're actually taking in all that energy into your house to experience. It can actually flow around you. And that's good to know because I know a lot of people who are listening are natural empaths. And they are picking up. And for me, as a hypnotherapist... Clients will come to me and some just take so much of my energy. It's like, Mm. you know, and it's like, oh, wait, I got to stand back because I'm getting, I'm feeling all of your energy and I've got Mm. to 
to stay apart. So I know that this is a common experience for people. So what you're saying and teaching people is to separate yourself from that individual and their emotions. I think that's powerful. And you know, I think that's half the problems that's going around everywhere. And why people are feeling, am I going crazy? Why did I just do that? It just doesn't make sense. People aren't crazy, but we are getting this flux of energies from everywhere that we've never really experienced. I mean, it is big time, this energy right now. Would you agree with that? I Yes, ma'am. Very much so. And so what we may not have experienced even 10 years ago is hitting us right in the face right now. It's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So that's why I think your book, Everyday Medium, is so important because it's telling us how to react to all of these energies Yes. And to be mindful of them and to not take them at heart. You, like you said, you can close the door. That's so important. So simple, but so important. And it takes practice to learn how to implement it in your daily interactions, in your specific situation that's happening. And you actually have to do an action in that moment when you're feeling something and you're not sure if it's yours. And it's so, you're breathing, just placing your awareness on your breath is something that helps you to calm down. Because when you start to feel fear, you start to feel a lot of energy that's causing anxiety, you begin to hold your breath. Right. Your breathing begins to become shallow. And so when you actually focus on breathing in and breathing out, it's preventing some of the physiological responses that take place so you can remain clear-headed and go, okay, this isn't mine, or you can step away from the situation if you can. And then I do, um, there's a circulation exercise where I explain how you're actually taking in energy just like the energy on a battery and you need to circulate that energy on a regular basis you're actually circulating everybody else's thoughts everyone's debris everywhere you went everything that's going on out of your system on a regular basis and in my book I say just like you go to the bathroom to empty physical waste I want you to be emptying energy waste out of your body on a regular basis that is so great you know um, I noticed with a picture that you had in the book and it's about auras and the field around you and that's the electrical field that you're talking about right that's how that's the field that you want can you explain a little bit about that the the way that that's described is actually in your um, spiritual anatomy there are seven main rooms and that's how it's described so room one is going to be all about who you are as the very nature of spirit so we've heard a lot about how um, the basic needs that we need to have met that first safety and security and certainty well that is your very nature as spirit and so that's going to be room one which is the foundation of your house it's very important to understand that spirit does not change but everything in the physical the very nature of physicality is change So when you look to something in the physical to bring you safety and security, at some point in your life you're going to be disappointed and that rug is going to be pulled out from underneath you because physicality changes. So if you look for your safety and money, your security and money, and believe me, I'm one of the people with money. I love it when all my bills are paid. It feels so good. But at some point in your life you're going to go through a period of time where you may not have money. If you look for security from, you know, the house that you live in or from anything in the physical world, if you look for love, um, room two is all about how in spirit life is the sensation of love, joy, and peace. Well, if you look into the physical only for love from something in the physical, from people, people come and go. And we need those things, but I want you to be rooted in the knowledge that you are love. If you are the very nature of love, love can't be taken from you, and you cannot give love to anyone else. When we think we can, it's this idea that they lack. So I'm giving them something they lack, or that I lack love, and they're going to give me something I lack. I want you to extend that love and share it with them, but not think that that love in the physical from someone else is what sustains you. Because it may temporarily, but then the honeymoon phase is over, or it's like I'm happy for a period of time, and then now I'm unhappy. What's going on? I want you to know that in spirit you are love, so that throughout you will be sustained. Ah, 
Does that make sense? You're yeah. holding on to something sustainable for a long period of time. So when I was younger and I was, and I went through that depression from tra- traumatic events in my life, and I'm like, if this is life, I don't want to live it. And I swallowed a bottle of pills. And I woke up refreshed. I woke up wonderful. It didn't do anything. And I'm like, God, if this is life, I don't want it. I, I need to know if you're real. And a few months later, I went into that environment of love. And it totally changed me. And I realized years later what happened. I went into a physical environment that made me feel safe. I felt loved. And I felt like I mattered. And I didn't get that at home. And so sometimes we have to get ourselves into a physical environment that for a temporary period of time gives that to us. And then I want you to understand that that's something that you are as your spiritual being and be rooted in that so for the rest of your life no matter what changes in the physical no matter what happens to you that if it's an event that you want to define as bad it doesn't change you or alter you you're you're still significant and valuable you're still loved you're still safe does that make sense yeah oh that's brilliant brilliant go go uh continue on with the other points in the other rooms I just think it's brilliant well room three that see room one is knowing you exist as the very nature of spirit room two is the sensation the very feeling of life and that's where you use the words love joy and peace but room three is the ability to think it's to be aware it's to to say I want to have this experience it gives you control in your life right yeah. um sometimes things happen in the physical and i know for me when i went through sexual abuse and i i i felt powerless and i felt helpless you know and those were not words i could say as a child but when you get older and you realize that you have control what you think it's that law of attraction right when you think you're going to bring to you and so you do have control i want to give control back to you in your hands and i want you to realize that you are powerful and just because something happened to you it doesn't take your power away you have the power to shift what's happening in your life right now and so um that rooms one two and three it's it's all works in sync because your spiritual body blends I never could understand any of the descriptions when I would hear subtle bodies or astral body or mental bodies it just I couldn't put it together to know how to apply this to my daily life so that I could have measurable change so that I didn't feel fear anymore so I felt in control of my life and so this is the way that I understand it and so when I can put myself in a place where I know I'm safe I'm loved and I'm secure and I'm in control of my life and I know that I matter. What happens is your heart center, room four, begins to open. And one of the ways it does that is because you forgive yourself. Room four for me isn't about forgiving others. If I place my focus on forgiving the people who physically harmed me, this and this is my experience, this is how it clicked for me. I feel like I'm forgiving them for something that doesn't make sense for, for me to forgive them for because how can I forgive them for the for sexually abusing me? My brain just couldn't wrap around that because that was such a bad thing. Right. But what I realized for me, what opened my heart was that I forgave myself for thinking that I didn't matter. I forgave myself for thinking that I wasn't lovable. I forgave myself for the things that I said and did when I was trying to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't necessarily proud of everything that I was doing, but I was doing it because I just wanted to feel safe, right? Yeah. I just, I've gone through so many things, and there are people who didn't understand, and I didn't necessarily want to act and say and do the things I was doing, and then I would keep putting myself in situations that weren't good for me that I didn't want. I had to realize to open my heart, I had to forgive myself. But what happens is, room four, have you ever seen the infinity symbol? I want yeah. you to imagine the infinity symbol. And right in the middle where it crosses, that's your heart center. Um, at the bottom, you can think of it being horizontal. Rooms one, two, and three are at the bottom. And the higher level rooms of your um, spiritual body are five, six, and seven or higher. When you open your heart, it gives you access to the higher level rooms. But in opening your heart, that room is the miniature replica of source energy it's the miniature replica of life itself you are a powerhouse of energy when our heart is closed we're trying to pull energy in from other people 
because we need energy circulating throughout our spiritual body on a regular basis to sustain us. And I describe that in chapter two of my book. We are electrical beings. But what happens, fear closes the door. When we don't feel safe, we close those doors, which prevent the energy from being able to circulate. When we open up our heart, we are our own power source. And we're letting that energy flow out from us to others. So when you have somebody come into a space that is scared, they're frightened, um, they're controlling. You know how when you have very dominating, controlling, manipulative people come into a space and you're like, oh my gosh, they're scared. That's why they're behaving that way. What I want you to learn to do is to open your heart and extend your energy out because that energy is what harmonizes any energy that's not in balance. Instead of allowing that energy to be dominant, I want your loving energy to be dominant. And that's what can change and shift the energy in a space. But if your heart is closed, you can't do that. You're literally drawing in all that negative energy around you and you're feeling it. I want you to be the dominant energy. I want love to be the dominant energy in that space, in that interaction. So that's room four. But if your heart is closed because you've gone through stuff, you're not having your own resource flowing, that living water flowing from you. And so that's what room four is. In room five, six, and seven is all about in relationship. Room ones, two, and three is your own personal um, knowing of who you are. Uh-huh. And five, six, and seven is about in relationships. So room five is being able to tell people who you are, how you feel, and what you want out of life. But you, you tell them, you express it. It's your voice of self-expression. But if room three is shut down, if we feel like we don't matter, a lot of times we defer our will, right? We defer right. our decisions to other people. And we don't even realize we're doing it. We just sit there and we let other people just do things, even though it's not what we want. And if that's shut down, room five will be. There's just, it doesn't work properly. And that's where you'll see lots of throat ailments. When someone's having um, throat problems, it's because they're having room three problems. You got to go clean up room three. Um, and so room six, when you, you have a lot of different, you hear like clairsentience and clairvoyance. All of that is true in these rooms. But if you're not healed, none of that makes any sense. So room six is your ability to be able to, yes, see images, especially in mediumship when you receive it. But room six in relationship to others is you knowing what they intend towards you in relationship. It's you sharing your intentions in relationship. What closes the door and you're not able to sense what people are intending towards you is when you're not willing to accept what's happening in a situation. When you're in denial. And you'll have symptoms of headaches. Headaches is one of the main symptoms, but you'll have all different kinds of symptoms. And people who wear glasses, like I do, um, are ones that have a very difficult time. This is one of their main lessons in life is learning to accept what's actually happening and stop resisting and digging their nails in and their feet and like, no, I don't want it to be this way. I'm going to go and control everything to make it happen the way I want it to. There's something magical that happens when you just go, when you can finally surrender and say, this situation is really happening, whatever it may be. So you can clearly see how to respond in a relationship and do what's best for you and best for others. So room six is, again, all about a relationship and it's being able to see clearly what people intend towards you in relationship and you deciding to come together with somebody else and co-create. you coming together and sharing what you want to do. But that's where room seven comes in. Room seven is all about contributing your creative your creativity with everyone else and it's in relationship it's being able to contribute together you can't contribute together if you're not healed in rooms one two and three if you don't feel safe if you don't feel loved and if you're deferring your free will to other people because you feel like you don't matter you don't feel like you're in control of your life you're not out there able to express who you are to share it with others in relationship and really make the impact you were born to make and so I want people to heal And when they heal, oh, they speak and they share and they make the difference they were born to make. And basically what you're saying is, yeah, I agree. Everybody has to heal to be able to connect with the right information. But it all has to do with the heart. Ah, it does. (laughs) It's your heart connection, your heart light to everything that will bring you 
healing <laughs> healing for yourself but yeah. also to be able to heal others so yeah and- and I learned it's and it's so funny because we don't heal others, you know, Be- when we're one in the room one, the very first foundation of your spiritual body is knowing that you're one. See, mediumship for me is being able to communicate through your senses, but I can't do mediumship if I think I'm separate. So room one is unity. It's all about knowing that you and I, Jules, even though in the physical we look separate, we're not. What I do affects you, and what you do affects me. We're one in energy. It's the same. It's like pouring water into a vessel. We may have several different vessels that look different, but the water's still the same. So what I do affects you. And so it's, it's very important to understand that... That, I've, I lost my train of thought on there on where I was going. But it's important to understand first that knowledge of who you are and that mediumship allows you to blend the energy with somebody else so that you can read their emotions. You can know what they're thinking. But when you're afraid, you shut that down because you're trying to protect yourself because you don't want any other harm. And I want to get people to that place in small steps where they're willing to actually feel what they're afraid of and begin to trust love to protect them because so many times we think that fear is actually protecting us from what we think that is might happen instead it's attracting it to us and we're isolated and we're not connecting with people and when we can begin to connect with others and trust them again by first learning to trust ourselves that we can be in control again of what we're thinking and of what we're experiencing it changes your life and that's the the healing is not so much about me going and making a change in someone else because I can't heal my daughter. Right. It's about me healing myself and myself living that life of healing. And when people see it, they come and they ask me and go, "Well, what are you doing? What did you do to get over that? What did you do to cope with this?" And that's what my daughter's done. You know, over the years, I didn't know how to help her, and I made so many mistakes, Jewel. I did try to control her because I thought I was doing what was best for her. Um, I thought she should do it my way, but that didn't work. And I realized that wasn't love. Even if I was good intentioned, it wasn't love. And so when I stopped doing that and let her figure it out in her own way, and she comes to me. And she will ask me when she's ready. And she does. And we get on the phone and I'm able to walk her through different coping mechanisms. But my biggest lesson was learning to let her figure this out in her own way without making her have to do it my way and to deal with my own pain of being scared that I might get that phone call that she wasn't here. Yeah. You know, because that was just the hardest thing to do. And then to let her go, you know, walking out of my house and living somewhere else and going through her struggles and yet I realize that I'm free of all that pain I'm free of the guilt I'm free of the blame I don't feel her suffering any longer like I did and yet I love her in a more powerful way because I'm allowing her to feel empowered I'm allowing her to figure it out I'm not doing everything for her which prevents her from figuring it out and feeling strong and feeling loved and feeling confident and empowered and she came to this planet to experience something and you're letting her experience what she came here to experience so you being in your heart light is allowing her to go through her experience and that's what's so important and so tough for each human being to let their child experience what they came in here to experience and some of it's not good and some of it's terrific but still it's it still emotionally impacts you as a mother as a father whatever but in this scheme of things today um it's like fear is the addiction because it's so familiar that that's what we're used to and that's the one thing that we've got to break away from yes yeah, fear, you think, it's, it's kind of like a bird that's lived in a cage, and they open the door, and the bird's not flying out. Because you're so used to being in a place that you think is safe, right. because it's familiar. So a lot of people stay in bad relationships, right. because they don't know 
where else to go. Number one, they don't feel like they're significant and they're important. They don't think that they can find anything better. They haven't healed in realizing how valuable they are. So it's so scary to go into a situation that's unfamiliar even if it's better for you. And this is where you have to be gentle and take small steps and do it in small ways to get yourself in other physical environments first that are healthier for you emotionally, that make you feel safe, that let you know that you are loved and you are valuable. Because when you can get the physical circumstances in alignment with the truth of who you are as spirit, then you begin to feel and sense safety sense love and feel that you're valuable that right there begins to change what you say and what you do that's what takes place and that's what allows that fear for you to get across the bridge on the other side of fear Mm -hmm. and it takes you being around people who are not judging you for what you may say and do while you're in fear wow I love this oh wow so (laughs) Let's talk about being a medium because you are seeing uh, the world in a different realm and you are seeing it in the mind's eye. Are you hearing it as well or is it all from intuition, the, the, just the, the feelings? Now, my abilities, I remember when I was a little girl, um, after being sexually abused, I would wake up with I ended up labeling night terrors, but I would wake up crying and screaming in the middle of the night. I'm not sure why. And I remember feeling a presence around me, which I know now was was my guardian angel, but it scared me. And I remember I could see my grandmother and my uh, my mother's uncle in the hallway, you know, in the house. And I remember asking my mom about it. And she's like, oh, that's just grandma so-and-so and uncle hot. And I'm like, okay. I didn't think anything about it when I was that little. And... I remember uh, when I went, when I was telling you a little bit earlier, when I was healed instantly, and I would sit there and just feel the feeling of life, and I heard the voice in my head, it was absolutely incredible. I'm like, how is this possible? How am I hearing voices? So that was the first part of what I was able to do. I could literally hear them inside of me talking, not outside where some can, but within me. And so that began my communication, my conversation with spirit, as I call it. And so I was able to take and um, talk to God. I would talk to Jesus, talk to my spirit guides and learn about them. And then I realized that I could feel and sense somebody in the room with me, but even though I couldn't see them. So where some people have an experience where they can literally see spirit objectively, like see a ghost, I've never done that. I can see them in my mind's eye, but not objectively outside. I feel them. Wow. That was weird. It was really, really weird because I could tell you if it was a male, if it was a female, and exactly where they were standing and the location, I felt everything, and it freaked me out. And the church that I was going to was not really open to this kind of thing. And I had finally got myself into an environment where I felt safe and loved and and valued. And when I started to hear voices and I could feel things, I started to tell people and they were telling me scriptures about in Leviticus about how mediums were bad and King Saul was killed and his sons. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to die, so I'm not going to tell you anymore about what's going on. And I remember shutting it down. And there was a night that I was at home alone, and there was a dog with me. And the spirit entered the space, and the dog went crazy, Jules. I mean, just whining and crying, jumped off the couch, scratching on the door. And it scared me so much, and I just said, go away. You know, leave me alone. And they did. I was 19 years old. And I regretted it the moment I said it because the space felt so empty. It was such a weird feeling. And I wanted them there, but in the physical at that moment, I was having some needs met that I really needed I really needed to feel safe, and I didn't want to be rejected and abandoned. I didn't want them to kick me out, which they eventually did. (laughs) So they they kicked me out um, because I couldn't. I I I had to understand what was going on. And in church, they um, only the men. We were going to a charismatic church, so only men could hear spirit speak, or they call it prophet. You know, so Uh you could hear, and they would stand up in church and speak the message, and then they would speak in tongues. So it was one of those churches, and. The thing is, I never understood what they were saying. And I'm like, but that's how God talks to me. He talks to me where I can understand him. 
And so I would start to say these things, and it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why aren't you talking where I can understand you? And God talks to me like that, and they didn't like it, and I ended up with an ultimatum of either doing things their way or leaving, and I left. So that was really hard. But I, they gave me a scripture. There was three scriptures, and I'll tell this story because it was so pivotal. It was so hard for me. And they were all from the book of Proverbs. But every single one of them basically said that if I did not follow their way, that I would rest in the valley of the spiritually dead. Yeah. I was terrified, you know. Yeah. And I'm being taught that God would be this way. I was being taught that communication could only come through a man and that <laughs> a man is a woman's covering. And I felt like I was doing something wrong, but I sat there for three hours, Jules. And do you know what I heard inside my head? Yeah. <laughs> I heard um, that voice in my head say, just do it. It was the Nike slogan. Ah. And I'm, I'm a kid, right? And so that spoke to me, but I knew what it meant. It meant get your stuff and leave. And I had no idea where I was going to live because I was living um, with the church. And I packed my car and I went to the gas station, not knowing where I was going to go and called a friend. And I listened to that voice inside me. And it took me many years to learn how to trust that voice. And so, you know, I, you go through experiences where you think you know best, you're going to try it your way, and I am just kind of ignore the voice that I'm hearing. And I didn't always hear it like that in my head. Sometimes you just feel things or you know things and you're sensing them. And you got to go with your gut. You got to go right. with those vibes and you got to learn to trust it because everything in the physical may be telling you one thing, but you're sensing something else and it's learning to trust that. And that's what I teach my students, learning to trust that in an everyday basis, what it feels like for you, you know, how you're picking up the information yeah. uh -huh. and, and, and it's keeping journals. It's sitting and having your daily devotion of knowing how you sense spirit. Maybe you feel it. Maybe you know something. Maybe you're seeing things and it's keeping a diary so that you understand how your spirit team, as I call it, is working with you. And right. it, it's changed my life. So talk to us a little bit about the people who has, have transitioned and are coming back to you to communicate with their loved ones. Are they always um, happy? Are they always, I mean, what is it like for those who have transitioned? I know many people are losing people right now. It seems like there's another influx of um, people transitioning. Um, that energy and it's just a really amazing time that's going on here so talk to us about these people that want to communicate with their loved ones through you for me the way that I do my work is I I feel them as if they're they're me so I feel their emotion and so what I allow them to do is to enter my space to basically sit in my lap to blend with me so I feel their emotion so for an example I did a reading yesterday and um, as soon as they come into my space I could feel the heaviness on my chest and I couldn't take a deep breath in, but I also could tell that I was on some kind of medication because I was going in and out of consciousness. And so I could feel what they were experiencing, but I was confused and I knew it wasn't just in the moment that I was passing, but I knew I had so much anxiety and heaviness on my chest. And I know from understanding how my spiritual anatomy works that whenever you have that heaviness on your chest, you're dealing with a lot of unforgiveness. Okay, a lot of unforgiveness towards yourself, whether they realize it or not. And heart attacks—that is what that's all about. It's all about unforgiveness. When your um, so, when your number four closes all the way, I mean that—that's about unforgiveness. So I knew this, but because I was literally going in and out, and when I feel it, I'm not speaking coherently. So I'm not speaking coherently to them, but I'm giving them an opportunity to know what that person felt like before they passed. They don't always show that to me in that way, but it was significant for this sitter so they knew that it was actually their loved one that was coming through. And so I can feel what they feel. I can feel how they passed. I can feel their death. So sometimes I have to tell them to come out and not show me so strongly. And then once I feel what they're feeling, that actually gives me the message because then I know what they're going through. I know their confusion. Like with this gentleman, I know that he was on medication and they validated that by saying, yes, he was on a lot of antidepressants. But I knew that I didn't like it. I knew that I didn't want it. I knew that I could I was so confused. And most days, I didn't know where I was. And he was coming in and out of consciousness. 
even going through his daily life. And he was not, you know, I could tell that, and he died of a heart attack, actually, congestive heart failure, which is one of the reasons why I was feeling that. And so I can sense that and bring their loved ones through. But you asked a question, and you said, are they all happy? And I had a reading the other day from a young man that I knew took responsibility for his own passing. Um, I don't think it was an intentional suicide, but because he was on another, a lot of antidepressants, he was on a lot of drugs, he was very confused. One of the things he said to me, and this is such an important message, is he said, why didn't anyone tell me that I would have the same problem to work through once I'm here that I had when I was in the physical world? Wow. And it's such an important message because a lot of times we think once we pass away, all of our problems are going to go away. And you came into this world with certain lessons to learn. And when you're in the physical world, they tell me all the time that learn your lessons when you're in the physical world. It's the quickest path to your growth and evolution. And so he was like, no one bothered to tell me this. Oh, my. And I thought it was just an amazing message because sometimes when I speak to spirit, they don't come through hunky-dory and happy all the time. They come through exactly who they were when they were here in the physical world. And I have this tendency to want to give someone such a happy message, but it never fails. It's just an amazing thing because if I attempted to do that, I would not do justice to the spirit coming through, but also to the person sitting because they would know that wasn't their loved one. And so when I can actually feel how they feel and their emotion is not happy and hunky-dory, they're like, oh, my gosh, that really is that's the person you're bringing them through perfect but it's important to understand too just like this one he let me know that he was okay on the other side but he's still having to do the work and um so that's and so when when he gets reincarnated he's going to come back and still have to do that work too i would assume and it's a choice um i know i've spoke with spirits that let me know it's a choice whether or not you come back and you can do the work in the spirit realm there in classes and um, there's healing spheres and places that you can go to to do the work but yes if you decide to come back into the physical world it's a faster process but it's also very challenging it's very hard and very difficult because you go through that veil of forgetfulness so where he's on the other side now and he's remembering fully who he is as a soul when you come back through into the physical world you actually forget you have amnesia and it's very challenging to learn your lessons right and so you know that's that's so important and the fact that people as you have said a couple of times are on all these antidepressants they do not realize that that keeps you from resolving your issue it's putting you on a flat line so that you cannot heal so the biggest mistake a person can do today (sighs) is to get on the drugs that it will stop you from healing please don't do it and i myself can say i was on every kind of pharmaceutical antidepressant and my life did not start until the day i got off i just said that's it no more now you're gonna make me cry because that's true right that you did the same thing you know i didn't want my daughter to get on all the medicine and when she was under the age of 18 I'll never forget sitting in a therapist office, not a psychiatrist, but a therapist office, and she wanted to go on medicine, and I did not want that for her because, again, when you've experienced other friends that are passing and you're struggling, I was concerned so much about the medicine, but she threatened to take my youngest daughter away, um, calling the the, the, uh, CPS or whatever they have in Texas to do that, and Mm -hmm. They put her on medication, and she has her own story now, and she got off of all of it because it's not what she thought it was going to be. And it it suppresses so much of what you need to feel to work through things. And I'm so proud of her for, for being off of them and for actually feeling her panic attacks and learning coping mechanisms. Fear is suppresses that shuts you down from being able to love yourself and get the help you need being able to communicate what you're going through being able to take action to stand up to that fear and say you're not going to control me you're not going to dictate my life i'm going to figure this out is powerful yeah it's powerful and that's exactly what you need to get navigate through life go buy the book everyday medium 
And you can get that book on Marsha-K.com. That's K-A-Y.com. Who is also known as the badass mind gardener, which I absolutely love. <laughs> and she is going to give you the seven steps to discover, develop, and direct your sixth sense. Now, this is fantastic. Marcia, I can't thank you enough. You have just brought this wealth of knowledge to all of the listeners. And uh, it's, we need it right now. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.